You're listening to the Immortal Icons of Dance podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Johnson. In today's episode, we are going to be learning about one of the founding members of the original Lockers, Adolfo Quinones, also known as Shabadoo. Born in 1955, Shabadoo grew up in the projects of Chicago, where dancing was his salvation. He said, it was the only thing that I could do that was special. As a young man, he appeared on the TV show Soul Train as a dancer, along with his sister. When the show moved from Chicago to L.A., his family packed up and moved to the West Coast in 1972. There, he continued dancing on Soul Train. Later, Shabadoo, along with other Soul Train dancers, founded the legendary street dance troupe The Lockers. The group became regulars on television, appearing on The Tonight Show and Dick Van Dyke and Company. Shabadoo and The Lockers toured with the likes of Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Ella Fitzgerald, and more. After several successful years with the fabled troupe, Shabadoo embarked on a standout solo career. In 1979, he joined Bette Midler in the Broadway show Divine Madness. He was most well known for starring in and choreographing a string of feature films and TV specials in the 80s, including Breakin' and Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo, Lambada Set the Night on Fire, and The Big Show on NBC. After these box office smashes, Dance Magazine dubbed him hip-hop's first matinee idol. This recognition of his visionary dance talents led him to working with superstars such as Madonna, Michael Jackson, and Lionel Richie. Shabadoo's work in entertainment went beyond dance and choreographing and expanded into directing and producing for film and theater. Most dancers in hip-hop culture know about the guiding principle that can be summarized by the phrase, each one teach one. The idea that it's a dancer's responsibility to teach the next generation coming up. Today, we'll talk to Bird Clarkson, a dancer whom Shabadoo took under his wing and mentored. Professor Bird Clarkson has over 15 years of experience educating at the highest level, providing many college students and young adults the tools to not only excel in dance, but develop skills that can be used in every aspect of their life. Much of this, Bird learned growing up with his military mom. He was born on an army base overseas, but has found residence in the States where he now educates, mentors, and performs. Another major contributing factor to Bird's life and his success is his relationship with his mentor, Adolfo Shabadu Quinones. Shab, as Bird calls him, showed him how to maneuver in the industry and how not to accept no, but how to navigate discussions by being present and creating what was missing. Bird has been the first to bring point shoes to the World of Dance tour, as well as the first to have street dance as a featured performance for the major festival Electric Forest. He's worked with the likes of Shaq, John Summit, DaBaby, Waka Flocka, and legendary DJ Cool, just to name a few. He continues to create opportunities for dancers of all ages by creating the World Tournament with Les Twins, which finds itself as a city-to-city -city dance battle-slash-tournament that puts culture first and gives dancers a platform to network and express. I first met Bird in 2013 when he taught a masterclass at the studio I grew up in. Over the next few years, I got the chance to perform with him a couple of times with the Vertical Ambition Dance Company. Shout out to my VA fam in Flint, Michigan. 
Bird is very passionate about teaching the next generation and passing on his love for hip-hop culture, which we'll hear about today. As always, to see footage that was referred to in these bios, you can click the link in the show notes of this episode, labeled Reference Footage. There you'll find interviews with Shabadoo and clips of him dancing on film, television, and in music videos. I always find it fun and enlightening to go and watch videos of these icons dancing after listening to a conversation about them and their work. I could go and watch with a new appreciation after. I hope you enjoy this week's episode as we learn about Shabadoo, locking, and hip-hop culture. All right, today we are here to talk with Bird Clarkson about his time dancing with Adolfo Shabadoo Quiones. So, my first question for you is, could you actually give me a rundown of your life in dance and how you came up in it? My life in dance? Well, I um, play college basketball. A little fast, has started by playing 18 years of my life. And um, went to college for it, played every day. Army brat, one of army base in Germany, so he moved a ton of times. Got really good at basketball and it just became something I love to do. Made it to college. And then I went out to the East Coast. I was there to do an intern for coaching either girls, college, varsity, and working with some of the coaches out there. And I believe I got there in August. Well, the time frame of how it works out there is you don't get to start with them until like October. So I needed to do something. So I walked around the city, found a place called Prince Music Theater. That got me to meet a man named Clyde Evans. And through meeting Clyde Evans, I got to do all sorts of creative things with dance. And when I was little, I did Star Search in DC. It was uh, their Star Search. And I had always loved to dance, our freestyle. Mom had phones in the kitchen type stuff, just messing around. She loved, she grew up in the 80s, so it was a lot of waving, a lot of blocking. And I did these things and remembered them, felt good, met Clyde, really opened my eyes on how you could educate with street dance from the perspective of this is a style, this is the history, this is where it comes from. And that sparked me to be like, you know what? I miss dance. I feel like I wanted to help youth and I still was able to do that. So by watching him go into elementary schools, um, high school, middle schools, I was like, well, there's all these kids in Michigan that don't have access where we live to a lot of urban or street-esque type things. So just through mentorship and guidance, I found my way to teaching and educating and dance. And because I am the way I am about roots, this is where Shabadoo comes in, reached out mm -hmm. to him and said that I'm really passionate about you know, movement and art and dance styles and he took me under his wing and that's how we got there so my dance path wasn't studio grow up inspired it was travel it was chaotic it was structured it was random which is how i found my way back to dance because it was very random that i saw prince music theater and met this man that inspired me to educate in another way, because from what I saw dance, you had to learn choreo, copy it, do it, show it, and then you could maybe put a spin on it. But through him, he just inspired me to look up roots. And that's how I made my way to teaching, educating dance. So what was your, how did you first become aware of Shabadoo? Was it through TV, film, or in person, or what was that? Well, if, if you know, you know, 
And that means you saw the movie Breaking. I don't know if there's a person that is would be considered 80s or 90s babies that did not know about the movie Breaking. Um, of course, it's Wild Style and B Street. But Breaking is the film that almost every film in Hollywood when it comes to sports or uh, an interest of taking one thing and adding a street element, Breaking was that movie. You had Shabadoo, you had Mike Chambers, uh, Blue Shrimp, um, Turtle in the Movie. Basically, and shot named Ozone, but Kelly was this jazz dancer and she saw them at the beach and they were breaking and they were doing popping and different dance moves. And her friend from the studio brought her to see some dancers and she fell in love with the movement and wanted to know more about it. So acclimated herself with the dancers and then with the movement and then put that into her jazz and every movie we see, every step up, one, two, 15, 16, it's all, <laughs> here's this dance, here's this street element, boom, you need this. I saw a gymnastics movie where the girl did it for so long and then she got hurt and she met an urban-esque mover and showed her cultured movement. We like to get away from the word urban, but culture, and brought it back into her style. Gymnastics, the cheer, bring it on fighting the girls over here on the east side, and then they end up working together. They get their flair in later movies. Breaking was that movie that inspired so many things, and it inspired me from remembering Ozone, Shabadoo, um, just being so charismatic on the camera, and where there were no dance doubles. You were a dancer, that is what it was. You, you were the star. You danced, you did not have a backup or a uh, a double. You were just okay. it. So, yeah, it was the film that I think probably inspired so many, or that many just remember. A lot of people thought it was corny and cheesy, which the mm-hmm. movie has an element. It's a little cheesy. But and we got Pop and Taco in there. Um, Bruno Falcon uh, helped work with and train Mike in lots of things. You had, as I said, Blue Shrimp, Mike Chambers, Michael Chambers. Um Gosh, Pop and Pete. Yeah, just a lot of really dope dancers that worked with a lot of amazing artists were in that movie. So it had the theatrical element, which is why I think it really spawned so many things in the performing arts world because it had that theatrical element. So yeah, that's how I got to shot, seeing how it inspired so many. When did your paths cross finally in person? Paths cross again, Clyde Evans Jr. in Philadelphia, inspired me to really care about what I'm talking about when I teach. So if I was going to teach locking, I wanted to learn from an original locker. And I just simply reached out to Shab. And that's the thing about many of our pioneers and students. If you are genuine, and if you are actually looking for the source so that you can understand it, not just like go and pillage and rip all this cool from it and then go add it to you but actually care about what you're teaching, they will share everything with you. Something like going to see where they used to lock on a hill by this hotel or did the you, places Was they it a phone call? Was it a, hey, can you introduce me? Like, how did that actual connection happen? So the funny thing is, the way I was able to get in touch with Shab was we were talking about a subject. Um, Danny Polanco, she's choreographed millions of people, tons of people, hundreds of people. 
Um, I said maze to hundred, but as she would say, all of them darling. She's worked with everybody, but she did some stuff for Beyonce, and she was talking about moving on because I'm not gonna just do the same thing. And she had commented on something, and Shab commented on something, and then I commented, and then that changed a discussion that we were having. And Shab just respected my knowledge enough about what I was talking about that we then had DM message on Facebook and talking, talking, talking. And I was like. You know, it would just be great to come out there and actually be with you and have these discussions. And he was like, let's do it. So, yeah, right. I got him saying, took the trip. And as I was saying, if you just be genuine with these people, they're not above reproach, but they have seen it all. They've either been hustled with, you know, shady people trying to get deals out of them or work things, do things, but they helped pioneer it. I mean, they, didn't just they weren't just there for its inception they pushed it they built it they showed others how to build it and a lot of times they were cut out so when things come and they're not genuine they can just tell so if you're talking about something and you're not fully invested in what you're talking about no they're not going to reach out to you the same and talk to you the same or it might take them longer because they've seen it all so it might have sounded sweet at first and it was sour so coming from somebody that was in the 60s and 70s and saw a lot of stuff up till the 2000s, you got to really know what you're talking about or be fully committed. So once that happened, money, it just, it wasn't factual. It was more about, are you committed to coming out here and learning about the real? And getting to do that, I got to see so much, just things you can't even put a price tag on. Like, mm -hmm. how can you price tag on going somewhere where somebody will sit with their friends and create and then go on a show that's so groundbreaking, like Soul Train, that really brought out a lot of artists and that inspired so many people. And these places, they would just go hang out and have casual conversation, which now for us, we see these performances and they are like iconic or they were major moments in times and ripples for the street community. And this person just take you where they would go and just hang out. That's like nothing to him, but it's so cool for someone like me because you can really see the thought process and see like how things are like formulated especially somebody myself who does a lot of stuff or is trying to create different things and to see because we would say a legend that like how they thought and how they work stuff out um i said places so i mean one name is the maverick it's a spot where shab would say it's the mecca of locking and lockers would go there if you know you know you went there and you, not the show stuff, not the wrist rolls and the points and the high fives and the slaps. You know, it's like they really got it in and would either go at each other or would just like get down on the floor for real, for real, and could really let loose. And the Maverick was that place. Um, you might see somebody like Richard Cryer, legend, Red Fox, legend, um, any LA native that was like a celeb might come in, chill on the low, and you just really got it in. So the Maverick was a really cool place. Um, then there's a lockers wall, crazy mural, beautiful art in Los Angeles, where people still go to this day. Um, original clothing outfit that you see on the wall, super dope. And That's really cool. How much time did you spend out there with them? Three, four months. Oh, yeah, really? Three, oh, wow. I was thinking like days or a week or something. No, it was like, it was like three months. And then it was, after that, it was, staying on top. I almost took the job offer to um, Asia to do some work, just travel within the clubs, 
teach dance and perform dance, you know, six months. Just couldn't commit to it at the time. I was, mm-hmm. you know, about to start teaching another semester and just didn't know how to pick up and go. That just, that was never me. It might have put me in a whole different lane. Then there was also an opportunity to be in Van Nuys, stay where he was at, work with him, teach. And then I would have just been living like the 15 minutes Van Nuys outside of L.A. But now I went and came back. So it was like, what was it, early spring going into the summer, coming back to the fall. So a few months, that's enough time. You really get to know a person. Can you just tell me, like, what was his vibe being in a room with him? Shab's vibe? Oh, wow. So obviously, because he was older, Shab's vibe was very much lounge partner, chill, relax, teach, let's go, showtime, sit, learn, listen. Are you paying attention? I showed you once. Why do I need to show you twice? You weren't paying attention. This is how you hit it. No, not like that, like this. You can do this and do that. Oh, hey, friend. Hey. Chill. Class work. Let's go. He could bam. And then he could just, it's like real charisma. Like mm-hmm. seeing somebody charis- like charismatic on camera, Shab was just charisma, essence, soul, chill. So you were able to watch him work with students? Yeah. How did the students Sad. respond to him? Oh my gosh. One of the saddest things that I will always remember, I say it in many classes, I say it in reference. When it comes to the way we value street dance in America, it always just vexes me because Millennium Dance Studio is 15 to 20 minutes spent on traffic from the studio of Van Nuys were shot taught. In that room, there were nine students. I was the only American. Multiple days I would come in, see his class. Now one American student, 20, 30 minutes, putting on traffic, I said, 15, 20, 30, whatever. 30, 40 people, million dance studio. Justin Timberlake, the choreographer. Oh, they're showing locking moves, original locker. Not pay thousands of dollars, not got to fly over to Australia. No, he down the street teaches locking, original locker, opposed to Millennium Dance Studio, known choreographer of the time, or worked with somebody popular. It's like this dude worked with the people that you think is popular. You, you worked with them. The choreographer has worked with the celeb or artist that you think is popular that looks up to shop. But again, it's just a different mindset of appreciation of like one source of material. I just want material. That's our generation now. The material is hot. If it's known, I want that opposed to where it came from. And then shop just doing his thing, not phased by it. But for me, it hurts if I'm an educator, young educator. And I'm just like, I get it. It's like Janet Jackson, choreographer, that's dope to work with her. Not one day were there any Americans in that class. Now, that doesn't mean that they weren't there after I left or before or after. No, I'm just saying while I was there, I was the only American in the classroom day after day, wondering, mm-hmm. and the appreciation for a pioneer being right here, that's why many of them go overseas, sadly. And you look at it, a lot of foreigners are killing it. Over in Asia, China, Japan, Locking like crazy. Mm-hmm. Super dope lockers. Like, it's just mind-blowing. Overseas, mm-hmm. how 
and so much more appreciation for the culture that started right here. Joaquin's not from Asia. Hip-hop's not from Asia. It's not from Europe. All started right here. Bronx, L.A. But the experience was still super amazing getting to watch him work with the students and how just when he showed somebody something, he became that movie. He's showing you how to pull up. He was stopping the moment and you would see him hit it. He was like, Make sure you lift your chest and pull your No, he would show you, do it, hit it, and then tell you why you're not hitting it, and then show you how you could be hitting it, and then ask you to keep hitting it till you make it yours. Hmm. Just real seed, plant, grow, educating and teaching. Is there any piece of advice that he gave you, whether it was specifically about style and dance and like the physicality of it, or whether it was about like, all right, and here's how you educate, here's how you pass it on, here's what you need to know. Um, is there anything like that that stuck with you? The dope thing about Clyde and Shab, they didn't teach me how to educate. Like I truly believe to educate is a choice unless your parents were educated. A lot of people will say, um, I'm an educator, but a lot of times it's teaching. It's like one plus one is two, and two plus seven is nine, and three times three is nine, and both of those are different ways to do math. And then there's the instruction of it, like one plus one is two. Did you see how I got that one? And then there's the, this is why we do it, to problem solve. So one plus seven is eight, but also 10 minus two is eight. And we give you these so that you look at different ways to absorb things. He didn't show me how to do that. He showed me passion, and I made the choice to choose to give what I'm doing more, which is why I would say his advice was be about what you're about. Everybody can't be that. Like you are a driver of a car. That don't mean you understand the clinks and the noises and sounds and the, of all the stuff that goes on with the engine. But that also don't mean you can't be a Dominic Toretto where you can't save the world in a car and understand every sound and everything and also work on the car. You know what I'm saying? Like some people are just... Give me the wheel. I drive. I win. It's what I do. Some people, I love driving. Oh, what's that sound? What's that put? Hold on. What's that? There's no knock on whether you're an instructor, a teacher, or an educator. But I think it's super important to have someone that's very well sourced so you can choose. Because him being older and understanding the game, learning the game, innovating the game, raising the game from where it was to a whole nother level, advice to me was that it was just be about what you're about and understand it be sure to visit the show notes of this episode to find additional resources just look for the episode description then click on it to reveal more information there you'll find links to performance videos of our immortal icon of the week or our guest of the week You'll also find additional interview videos and any books or documentaries that can elaborate on the topics we cover in the episode. So some of the listeners for this podcast have probably not ever seen or at least not realized that they've seen locking. Um, if someone just comes up to you and says, hey, Bird, what is it? What would be your like in a nutshell? What is the essence, the heart of locking? I mean, as you should probably say for any street style, the essence of the style is you and the locking part. It's a charismatic, upbeat, strong, fun movement. Because you got to remember, this is the 70s. Mm -hmm. you know, these kids were 60 and 60. 
because we're in the 60s. And so, you know, wartime just ended. Now we got American Bandstand, but we don't have a show that's really showing cultured individuals. You don't have people of color on TV. So then you get Soul Train. So now it's a time to celebrate. It's a time, you know, you better be on. Oh, hey, you better be lighting up the show. So very, ah, but at first it was just Campbell in the club talking to people. Uh, hey, hey, how you doing? Ah, what's up now? Dump, uh, grooving and just having fun. Lock it up. Oh, like me do that move. It was just him having fun. And then took it and created this like superpower where now the points are an actual move. They're not just a, hey, how you doing? It's an actual boom. And you look at your points and you add something to it. And that something is you, but you add a strength to it. And then when you lock, you really hit. You hit your lock and you make your imprint because that's what you do. You lock it up, bam, strong. And then you have your wrist rolls or you have your keeping time. You keep time, boom. Not pacing, you're literally keeping time as in time code with the beat. You can go faster, you can go slower, you can go double time, and then you put all your things together and you take other dances like the bus stop, you take uh, um, you take high lows, you take stop and goes, you take um, inspiration, Scooby-Doo, making his little stance and your whole little kicks in your legs. And it's just, it's fun, it's inspiration. When you see it, you're like, a light bulb came on. That's locky. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, bam, in your face. Live, living color. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's possible to watch locking without smiling. Yeah, the style is meant to be like, <laughs> showtime. Like, put in the middle, happened before acts, and then they became their own act. Like, the lockers, like, they were the lockers. There's always been a tension between street styles, like breaking and locking, between the styles and the mainstream media. Uh, Street styles are often misrepresented or appropriated and taken out of context. However, these street styles were featured on TV and in films and that helped create the explosion of hip hop culture uh, in the 80s. And Shabadoo, like you've said, he was on Soul Train in the 70s and in the 80s, he appeared in music videos on tour with Madonna. He advised Michael Jackson for his bad video. Um, so with that steady involvement in the mainstream media, do you know what his thoughts were on that relationship between hip hop, street styles, and how they're represented in film and TV? I could candidly tell you he wasn't a fan for a plethora of reasons from those being getting burned by certain people, um, but just not being appreciated. Like Shab was a writer. He pitched scripts to Hollywood and a lot of times they just didn't want it because it was the street dancer's voice. I mean, you look at the show, even, uh, was it Get Get Up, Get Up? Think get Down came up. Hip-hop was executive producer, uh, consultation. It's like, why are we consulting on our culture? Now, from their perspective, them being the ones with the power, the ones with the money that's funding the show, they'll say, well, we understand the viewers, meaning... You're speaking to a predominantly performance art-based dance crowd. So you can't have these street people in here giving perspectives that they won't understand. But there, and that lies the problem. You don't want to hear the full street perspective, but understand or don't understand why there's conflict. If you don't let people sit down at the table with you and actually give, then even though you bring them in, you're still taking from them because you know you're getting views, you know you're getting ratings. There's this constant tension because we're not 
looking at it from a neutral playing field. You're asking Shab to come in and give you his script, but not give you him. He is why you want the script. But again, they could simply say, well, you know, have funding, the resources, and that, as I asked him a couple times, that's the fault that lies on a lot of shoulders of a lot of our hip hop pioneers. My God, it'd be a trillion dollar industry. Someone had the foresight to not so much monetize, but code and trademark. But again, you gotta have lawyers to do these things. I mean, it's not all hope is lost. It's just you have a culture that never, it never was expected to be that. You know, some young kids that were looking for something to do, they were told no, disenfranchised, living in ghettos of America. What else could they do besides express themselves? Find some music. Hey, you like that sound? You like that beat? I think I want to put my twist on it. My twist, my voice. Yo, I want to rap, talk about what I see in my world. Yo, I want to get on TV and express who I am. Um, I want to, you know, graph and write and express myself this kind of way. What else do I have to do? So I put my stamp, my mark on the world. That was never meant to be monetized. I'm sharing myself with you. I'm not looking to go, here's myself. Give me some some money. Here's myself. Uh, what can you give me for it? No, you share it. Just as tribes would do. If you came and visited a tribe, you would sit down. They would either dress you or bring you into their custom. So at the time, people were just expressing themselves. They didn't know that someone outside was going to go. So people seem to love this hip hop stuff, huh? As far as Lockheed's concerned, I mean, it's not a performance style, but it was a style being performed on a TV show. And there were these lockers that really got it in. Like you're talking about street at its, I can't say it's early because jazz is the first street dance, but Locking being what it was, I mean, it was fun, friends, it was professional, but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't how it, like hip hop could take off and be a full thing of just all sorts of levels, all sorts of elements coming in from different ways. Like it was a, it was a dance, it was a dance and a culture of friends that got together and did something really cool and put their stamp on the world and worked with so many people. And right oh. now it's in a position where they don't have to because nobody had that foresight to go, no, nah, we're going to keep this. And if you want it, you have to come get it from, from here. So now we can't claim these things and studios and competitions in Florida can have trophies taller than you and me and say someone's a national hip hop champion, yet they've never been around anybody hip hop. It's scary, but it's just the truth. Like, mm -hmm. how are you coming back telling me you're an all world hip hop champion and you ain't been around no cultured events, you don't right. know how to freestyle. In fact, you think freestyle is a different thing. I don't do that. But you got a trophy this tall and a banner that says the pop champion. But I'll never see you in any culture, anything. So it's like, how do we talk to them? And how do you stop those conflicts and misrepresentations? People got to be willing to listen. If you like the work that is being done here at Immortal Icons of Dance, there are many ways you can support. Most simply, you can follow us on Instagram, at Immortal Icons of Dance. By following us on Instagram, you'll also get access to the photos that we post each week that correspond with the episode. You'll find photos of our guest in some of the productions that they talk about. It would also be great if you could rate the podcast on whatever platform you listen. Five stars are always appreciated. Lastly, did you know we have merch? We love talking about Immortal Icons of Dance, but we really love wearing them. 
I think it's so special to walk into a dance rehearsal wearing one of your role models on your shirt. It just gives you an extra boost of inspiration. You can find the merch at shop.immortaliconsofdance.com. So you keep bringing up listen, and that's what I'm hoping, you know, I can be a small drop in the bucket with this podcast, bringing, you know, different people. You know, we're talking about ballet and we're talking about theater, but we're also talking about tap. We're talking about jazz. We're talking about hip hop um, and hoping that just people who are interested in dance of any style will maybe come across an episode here of dancer that they're not familiar with or a style that they don't know a whole lot about. And maybe it kind of sparks something, uh, whether it's a new thought or, you know, they do a deep dive on YouTube, maybe. Um, what if, if someone has never seen locking, what do you think would be like, all right, you've got it. You've got to hit this clip up. This is the first thing you need to see. If you just put in locking dance soul train, you will see what you need to see. You're not going to see many misrepresentations because mm -hmm. that's where it was made famous. So anybody just type in original locker soul train, soul train locking dance, you're going to see everything you need to see. Then you'll get the names, Fluky Loops, the Shabadoos, um, Don Campbell Lock, creator of locking. He does Campbell Lock but he still is recognized as the creator of Locking. You know, Skeeter Rabbit, like you're going to get these people. And yeah, you really can't go wrong just by putting an original Locker Soul Train. Shout out Tony Basil. Amazing. Yep. And, she's, and she's out there it's still doing it. Yes. It's one thing about classics. They don't stop running and you, you, you can't misrepresent the classic. You can misrepresent the stuff that comes from the classic because you can avoid it sometimes. But you look at Tony, she's always going to be Tony. If you were able to see Shab, it's always going to be Shab. Like they they were who they were because they came up in a time where there just wasn't all this social media and so much access. You just didn't have that. And a lot of times, you wouldn't even see them unless you caught Soul Train or unless you saw them. Now, thankfully, we have these resources where we can look back. We have footage that can be upscaled. All right, we're going to wrap it up with one last question. What do you admire the most about Shabadoo's life or career? Never quit. Never quit. My man was in his 50s getting down with Crumpers in L.A., still working with people in Hollywood, uh, working with people foreign and domestic, still giving things that he gave Madonna, literally. A lot of people say locking the grandfather of a street dance, and that's how Shab was, but like, cool granddad that wasn't old, mm -hmm. just cool. And so he was walking charisma. And I miss that so much about him, like being able to be on without being on. It's tough to not have him here to just be that granddad. Sometimes I could just cut through the bull and give it to you straight and see what he sees almost like piercing through, like it's the matrix. And it's like, so that's what they're doing? Okay, yeah, I see that. And just know. So, yeah, that is, I miss that about him. But yeah, the charisma. And yeah, being on without having to be on. You need no camera to be on. He'd be sitting in a corner. And you know he's somebody or he's something. And you just, you just know. He wasn't a, not at the time, he probably was a LeBron figure. But you could just see him in a corner and he looked like, a poet or a writer or somebody that just did something. 
And yeah, it just had a very chill to him. So yeah, those those couple months was great getting to see him off and on and then just stay in touch with him. Say happy birthday every year, call him on the phone. He's out of Chicago, so he come back and visit there sometimes. So yeah, just got to see him for about three months off and on. And then we just stayed in touch. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing and helping to immortalize all that Shabadoo did and continues to do, you know, through his legacy. Smart. So thank you for sharing your memories and bits of yourself and bits of Shabadoo. And um, I hope that it will hit the right person at the right time, that someone will have gotten something from this conversation. And thank you very much. Thank you for doing this too. I said, when I first met you, it's just about opening doors for other people, man. Matrix will forever be my thing. Got to make a choice. Once you see something, you got to make a choice. Whether you ride with it, don't ride with it, you still got to make a choice. And having a platform like this to have that spark that somebody might see, might be dying, whatever, super dope. So thank you. Thank you. Join us here next week, where we'll be talking to Elizabeth Farrell about her time spent working with Agnes DeMille at the American Ballet Theater. The Immortal Icons of Dance podcast is written, produced, and edited by me, Lauren Johnson. Our music is written by Shelby Rassler of Jenkins & Rassler. 